Welcome to CritterCast, episode 65. My name is Karina. My name is Cassie. And we are your co-hosts of CritterCast, a podcast for the love of animals. Here at CritterCast, we like to take you and welcome you into the wacky, weird, wonderful, wondrous wonder-filled, which is really just another way to say wonderful, world of animals, big and small, by telling you about a new one every single episode. We release episodes bi-weekly, and today, Cassie, what are we talking about? Today, we're talking about sacaglossa, or sap-sucking sea slugs. All right. It's Cassie and Karina, and we're at it again, sharing cool facts about our animal friends. We make stupid jokes, and we laugh a lot, but we also like to learn, so give us a shot. We'll talk about snails and their tweezer teeth, or gush about our love of manatees. We'll tell you why owls are so scary to us, and there's tons more critters that we'll discuss. We promise to make sure you'll have a blast, because you're listening to CritterCast. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of a new thing to say that's not yay or yes you are. But yes, you are listening to Crittercast. That is what we are doing here today. We are excited. I know I am excited to learn about some sea slugs. Yes, I am too. I think they're going to be really fun to talk about. There has been some cool new discoveries about these little dudes um this year actually. So Ooh, it'll be 20. fun. 2021. Oh. Yes, that is the year that we are in. You Where are correct. It just feels like, on one hand, we just got here. How can there already be research? But on the other hand, it's almost the end of March. So. Well, it was research that was done previously, but published. But published this, year. this. Hey, that exactly. Counts. Yes, it totally it does. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah. Also, I think we talked recently about tubularia tubularia Tubularia. those things and planarians and some some things about those might be a little bit ish similar Mm. so i think it'll it'll be really interesting if you've listened to that episode to listen to this one or vice versa if you listen to this one go check that one out yeah yeah i mean you should i think you personally i think you should listen to Almost all our episodes. I mean, yes, maybe, maybe not. Skip the killer will when I'm sorry. But <laughs> there's, there's it was the not puns good. are the puns are strong. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> I, I, there's every every Crittercast episode has its place, so definitely recommend checking out any that strike your fancy. But if you like today's episode, and definitely make sure you've listened to. I think it's episode sixty-one. Our I think so. That's our sounds right. Area episode. Sixty-one or sixty-two. Sixty, maybe. Sure. Because no, sixty sixty-one was platypuses. So I think sixty. Okay. Was turbolaria. That sounds right. Okay, I'll Who I'll knows? believe it. They're also pretty similar to. Um, land slugs. So you can check out our super cool episode on snails. Yes. And learn a little bit more about snails, which are a little different than slugs, but we haven't done one focused just on slugs, have we? No, no, we we haven't really, we haven't really dove. um, What's the word I'm looking for? We haven't really one foot one foot scooched. Um, we haven't really scooched, scooched our way into the slug world. <laughs> yes. Our exploration like, of, of gastropods has been sadly limited. It has. It has. <laughs> but but let's expand on it. We're going let's to branch it. out today. <laughs> 
Although we will not be talking about um, the particular type of um, sea slug called nudie branches. Oh my goodness. Today we are focusing only on herbivorous or sap-sucking sea slugs, which sucking yes are not the carnivorous nudie branches we'll talk about them in another episode they're Sounds very good cool. and Sounds i believe good. um a friend of the pod the nagging naturalist has a lot of cool information about nudie branches so you can go check the nagging naturalist for more information about that group of sea slugs all right okay that sounds like a plan so what the heck is a sacoglossia I mean, you said it is an herbivorous sea slug, and that is everything I know. <laughs> I did, yes. So they are a a group, they're a clade is the scientific term, which if okay. you're not familiar with that term, it means a um, a group of um, or uh, organisms that mm-hmm. have evolved from a um, common ancestor, right? Okay. So like- that that original like it's like a family tree yeah yeah sure it's yeah like great 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 grandparent yeah great 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 grandparent was a different species than you exactly yes and then all <laughs> of the species that have evolved along that family tree line mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes okay okay so they um they get most of their food by sucking the cellular contents out of algae. Okay. So they're like vampires. Um, more than you know, friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's... Yes. They're, they're not just... It's just not blood. It's whatever is inside algae i mean it's specifically what's inside the cells in algae yes you're totally right and they do it literally by sucking so they're they um part of what makes the sacoglossia a particular family is that they are separated out from other types of related groups because they have a single row of teeth um on their radula which is a tongue-like organ that they have inside of their mouth um, Gross. Tongue with teeth. Okay. Yes. yes. Tongue with teeth. <laughs> we talked about this with um, snails. Yeah. And it's grossed me out then. It grosses me out now. <laughs> We've talked about it with other things too. I just, <laughs> things with too many teeth or teeth where I feel teeth shouldn't be. <laughs> yes. It's a problem for me. Well, this is going to make you a little bit uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Because great, their great, teeth great. are specifically adapted for eating in a sucking way. Mm-hmm. which is how they eat. They eat by mm-hmm. sucking the goodness out of algae. So it's kind of like, mm, okay, if you've ever had, I don't know, like an otter pop and you, you know, cut open the top and then you suck out all the tasty insides mm-hmm. and then you carefully recycle that recyclable otter pop container um, mm-hmm. and dab the blood off the sides of your mouth where you've cut yourself. Oh yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever cut myself on an otter pop container. <laughs> Um, you must be the only person in the what? world who has not what? done that. This is a how shared chapped? human. How experience. chapped is like? The no, they are sharp. Mouth. They are oh. sharp, 
cutty little things. Uh, and I'll just put a note in for any international or even just other regional um, folks. I, I think I re- I learned recently uh, on the internet that not everyone calls them otter pops and some people don't know what you mean, which is crazy. I have heard that people call them freezy pops, um, lollies in, in other parts of the world wow. and I, or ice lollies. It's, you know, those popsicles in a bag yes you know yep frozen it's juice a in, a bag. in a bag you cut the top off and you smush it up into your mouth and you Otter suck Pop it all down is is the most prominent like name it's brand. the brand name yeah so that's why just like with kleenex we in at least the areas that i've always grown up Accurate. in in the u.s just call them otter pops yep same same but, so yeah you're you're suggestion that they might be somewhat vampire like is really spot on just Yep. You, you sucked right down to the juicy center <laughs> of the idea of what is Sacoglossia really is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, Sacoglossia are divided into two further groups, the shelled families and the shellless families. Scientists actually think that the common ancestor of Sacoglossians had shells. Um, okay. But as their main food source went extinct, there was a particular type of green algae that they would they would live on that's since gone extinct. Um, they adapted and their shells got much, much smaller or disappeared completely. And that actually helped them to survive throughout the eons because it allowed them to access a new way to gain energy, which we'll talk about later on. Okay. 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 All right, so there are currently 248 recognized species of Sacoglossa. That is a lot of species. A lot of them. Very many. They look pretty similar to garden slugs in that they have that same sort of consistency of like a soft, squishy body. Mm -hmm. But some people might argue that they are much, much cuter. Is it coloring? No, they tend to be mostly green since they mostly live on algae. Right. right. Um, but they um, they sometimes have. Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that there is one particular type of sea slug that lives um, off of the coast of Japan, Indonesia, and the Philippines. It's known as the leaf slug. That honestly looks like a little cartoony sheep. It's a Door this is, this is the one you you have a link in the comment. Yes, look of, at correct? that link. Yes. Um, I don't really see where you're getting sheep. I do believe I do agree that it certainly looks like a cartoon, with its like, it almost looks like a hippopotamus body, but with like okay. all kinds of things sticking I, out of I it. I can see that. I think it's because it has like the cute little eyes and a little little mm-hmm. face. I think the arrangement of the eyes is kind of cartoon sheep-like. I don't think yes. it's like real sheep-like. I, maybe that's the problem. Yes. Is that I've been around sheep You have too been much. around too many sheep. No, too. think of like a comic strip sheep. That's what mm-hmm. it looks like. like Only the, with the green The fluffy spikes. sheep from uh, um, the Sealy commercials, right? Yes. They don't yes. have them in their commercials anymore, but yeah. I miss those days. I Let's know. bring those sheep back. Right? We can always better. use more happy sheep. Yeah. Come on. For serious though. That's really that. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't look at that and go, a slug. I don't know that I would look at that and know what it was at all. Actually, Yeah, absolutely. There are also some Sacoglossa who I think look like a cross between a slug and a butterfly 
or a beautiful alien fairy. They have wings and they have tentacles on their head and they are so pretty. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you need a picture of that too? I mean, I'm, I I can look up some pictures of them in general, but um, I don't know. It's so, it's so strange to think about them, uh, like to think about a slug. Well, actually that's not true. I was going to say it's so strange to think about a slug as pretty or cute, but then we talked about Turbularia not that long ago right. and like they can be absolutely gorgeous. So. Yes. Yeah, who absolutely. Am, who am I to judge? Who am I to say that a slug's not allowed to be beautiful? <laughs> I think they're very beautiful. Um, they definitely don't really look much like other types of things, though. I can totally understand. If you looked at one um, at an aquarium, for an example, mm-hmm. or a zoo, I, I'm not sure if you didn't already know about them that you would know if it was like what kind of organism it was. Is right. this an animal? Is it a plant? Is it coral? What What am I seeing here? Yeah, this mm-hmm. I'm looking at like a black and gold one. That's yes. one of the first things on the search. And 100% I would look at that and think maybe it's a type of like coral or sea urchin. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. All right. All right. Right? So All kinds of different shapes. So you Very, really- very fun. You can't really say what like shape and size they are as, I mean, I guess you could probably give a range, but they're very different. Yeah. There's the range in that the biggest they get is about one and a half inches. Oh, that's pretty small. Yeah. They seem really quite small. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very easy. I sent you another image that you can look at. Okay. Um, And the, the smaller ones are only about one eighth of an inch. So that's teensy, teensy, teensy. That's like millimeters long. Right, right. How many? I do not know because we are weird. (laughs) We don't learn the metric system. And we don't learn the metric system. But not many is what I will say. (laughs) They tend to be mostly green and they often blend in with the surface that they're on. A lot of them have tentacles on their head as well as sensory tentacles called rhinophores towards the back of their bodies. Okay. They live in all of the tropical and temperate oceans, but you can find the most different types of species of them in the Central Pacific Ocean, the Caribbean, or the Indo-Pacific Ocean areas. Fun. Mm -hmm. You can also pretty much find them off of the shorelines of almost all tropical islands, but they're solitary and widespread, so it's challenging to study them. Right, because you can't like go to a place and be like, I'm going to see a whole bunch of them. Yep, exactly. You might see one in a day or a couple in a day. Yes. Okay. All right. Are you ready for the really cool stuff? Um. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was. I was going to say like if they're already cool, which they are. They I are. will say that nothing. Nothing about them is shocking to me yet as far as I know there are a lot of really cool things living in the sea. Yes. You know, really cool, very beautiful. It's a lot more fun to camouflage into a coral reef than it is to camouflage into the dead leaves on the ground, you know? Like, it's... I'm, you got a little I mean, more options. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I'm ready. I'm ready for the weird stuff. Okay. What so makes them critter cast worthy? There's two particular things that are intertwined and that I find so, so cool about them. The first one, remember earlier I mentioned that because they lost their shells, they're able mm-hmm. to live off of a different form of um, um, uh, n- n- nourishment. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll phrase it that way. 
So some sacoglossins simply digest the fluid that they suck out of the algae. Right. But other slugs harvest the chloroplasts from the algae that they eat. And Karina, do you remember from your science classes what chloroplasts are? Yes, they are they are tiny tiny structures within cells. Yes. Specifically only within plant cells. Yes. That that photosynthesize. You're exactly 100% right. I so, could still I could still label a cell diagram. Heck yeah, you My can. My 7th grade <laughs> and high school and even college professors nailed that into me You're because so good. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> So they, some of them not only just eat the algae, right? Mm -hmm. But they actually kind of like take these cells while they're sucking them in Mm -hmm. and, or, or the structure of the cell, um, and store it in their own living tissue and use that chloroplast to photosynthesize themselves. Interesting. This is a very unusual phenomenon that is known as kleptoplasty because it means that they have stolen the plastids. Jerk. Okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he was like, I'm just going to stand here until I get the attention I want. Oh, poor baby. Um, yes, as soon as you said klepto, I... I, I clearly know what that is. I do know yes. enough about the English language to know that that means stealing. Good job. Uh, but I I can't – because this is not like a body part that you could look at. You couldn't like right. look at a body part and say, oh, that's how they take chloroplasts out of the mm-hmm. cells and don't just digest them like – all other things in the cell. Okay. So here's kind of, I don't know for sure if this is right or not. Um, I am not a scientist. This is just kind of the way that I'm envisioning it to make sense of it for myself. Okay. So, you know, when you have boba tea. Yes. Right. So for those of you not familiar, boba tea or bubble tea comes in a totally sealed cup that has like Mm -hmm. a sealed top and you pop a nice large um, straw into it. Mm -hmm. And with that straw, you suck up not only the liquid inside, Mm -hmm. but also the boba or the jelly bubbles that are inside Mm -hmm. too, if you choose to get jelly bubbles in -hmm. yours, which I definitely do. Mm -hmm. So I am taking that whole like structure, right? Mm -hmm. And the cell itself is the boba cup. It Mm -hmm. remains basically intact, but I'm taking the things out inside of it. And one of those things I'm taking out stays in its shape as I take it out. And so rather than digesting it, if I like popped that into my living tissue and use that to create more boba. (laughs) I mean, not Okay. You lost the metaphor. It was working so well and then it really fell apart because no other things do this except, well, that's not true. There's two other organisms that do this, but they are single-celled organisms. No other multi-celled organisms do this. Because it's so much easier to understand cell-to-cell interaction on a single-cell basis. Yes. because, Because they're operating on similar planes, right? But for us or any multi-celled animal that is made up of thousands and thousands of individual cells, basically kind of all doing the same thing. Um, 
to then break things down and be able to digest at a cellular level. Right? Not that we don't, I don't really understand how digestion works on a cellular level in our own bodies, but I know that it's not like that. It's not like that. I know it's just generally like (laughs) we treat every single cell that we consume in the same way. You just take the energy from it and you process it and then you, it's just a much, it's a more macro system. Yeah. Microbiology and microchemistry are very Mm -hmm. difficult for most people to understand because you can't really visualize it. And this is something that's so weird because it goes between those two scales. It's Mm -hmm. the combination of macro and micro. Right, right. Because we're looking at physical body parts. Yes, they're they're dumb, multi-celled physical body parts. Right, sucking structures out of single cells. Where is Miss Frizzle when you need her? I need her to shrink me down and take (laughs) me through this in a way that I can see it. Yes, please. But original Miss Frizzle. Oh yeah, the weird. Kind of whitewash. Oh, a hundred percent. No, you're not wrong. It is bad. It's not great. No, (laughs) bring us back our original Miss Frizzle. We we need her. We need her right now. (laughs) That or maybe Bill Nye could build like a giant life-size version of what's happening and then I might be able to understand it. If you're listening, Bill Nye. Yeah. Can we help us out here? Can we tweet him please and ask him? He's also on TikTok. We could. Oh, cool. Let's, we'll just, why don't you do we'll that and him on put our, our Criticast TikTok together? Sure, sure, sure. Awesome. That'd be great. So that's the reason that these particular sea slugs are also known as solar-powered sea slugs. <laughs> I know. And so part of why they can do this is because, I mean, it's not, you know, they didn't rationalize it when they... Right. They didn't make the decisions about how to to evolve, evolve, right? right? (laughs) But by getting rid of their shells from that common ancestor a long, long, long time ago, they now have way more surface area that they can use to absorb sunlight through. So they can use these chloroplasts in their own body to get, like a plant would, to get power from the sunlight. Mm -hmm. So no, they are... They are gastropods. They are animalia, but they are using plant cells for their own purposes in their own body as they were in a plant cell. I mean, I think that's just like, it's got to be some kind of form of like cultural appropriation. (laughs) (laughs) Taking what they want. Justice for the plants. (laughs) Justice for the algae. (laughs) We do not mean to make light of the very important issues of cultural appropriation, but like, you're not wrong though. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just the concept. Taking what they want and doing whatever they want with it. Yep. Yeah. And they did not ask the plants how the plants feel about this. They just ate those plants right up. So the um, the sacoglossa that have wings or like tentacles that run down kind of like dorsal fins, right? right the more butterfly-looking right. ones. They can stretch those out and use them. They're called parapodia to help them absorb more light. With their right. wings unfurled, they can maximize the area um, of themselves, of their body that's struck by sunlight. Now, yeah. other ones like the the leaf one that we looked at that looks like a cartoon cow or a cartoon mm-hmm. um, sheep, 
those spiky protrusions on their back, which are cylindrical serrata, help them to do the same thing by giving them more surface area. Right, right. It's the same way that uh, a lot of internal organs and cell structures have microvilli to yes. help increase the surface area that can exchange things. Through. Exactly. This is such a scientific episode. Oh I'm gosh. so glad you're here to help me through it. I'm to really turn on my, <laughs> my brain a lot. You're doing great. <laughs> so they can survive for months not eating, just living off of the energy that they get from photosynthesizing with their stolen cells. Right. They're just like, yeah, I mean, uh, food would be great and all, but like, right. I guess like they would eat the food if it showed up, but if they don't have access to it, yeah, they're just going to be like, okay, cool. I guess I will use the sunlight. I bet these are the kind of animals that are, we don't really talk about lifespan with, with animals like this too much because it's, <laughs> it's kind of hard to track and study individual ambiguous. animals. But like you kind of assume these things, maybe some of these individuals have just been alive for hundreds of years. Like, well, especially when we get to the second weird part mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. We're still, we're still on this part for now. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay. Um, so the, the main takeaway here is that, we don't know how the heck they do this, really. They are kind of like vampires, basically, where like they have no blood of their own, so they suck out the blood of a human victim, and then they use that blood to like fuel their body. I assume that's how vampires work. I haven't met any to ask myself, but that's right. My, I mean, you'd have to ask my each guess. different author, and they would all have a different answer for you. But yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Um, so anyway, we don't know how they do this. Because plants, um, in plants, chloroplasts need to be able to interact with the genes that are encoded in the plant cell nucleus. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that sea slugs can take the chloroplasts and use them kind of suggests that those genes have been transferred from the algae that they're eating to the sea slugs. Right. Interesting. What? But like... But, They're not taking the whole cell mm-mm. and becoming a plant. No. You don't, we don't know what they're doing. There's just like chloroplasts. Are chloroplasts being inserted into their own cells or are they living in the the liquid matter outside right. of the cells? These are excellent is questions. Which another thing that's so confusing because they tell us that the cells are the bo- like the building blocks of life and everything yeah. has cells. But also yeah. there is material out there that is not made of cells because there's not right? living material and there is stuff in between cells and it's just very confusing. Mind-blowing. It's, it is. I love it. Mind-blowing. I love it. Okay, I'm going to blow your mind more. Ready? Ready? Are you ready? I'm so Um, excited. I feel like I might already know what's coming, but go for it. (laughs) So speaking of (laughs) mind-blowing, sea slugs can on purpose detach their own head from their body and regenerate a brand new body. Yes. Yes. The on-demand party trick aspect of it is probably what bothers me the most, but clarification question. Yes. Un, I'm assuming, unlike Turbolaria, that both halves do not regrow anew. So, like, they don't grow a new head. You are accurate. From they the cannot grow a new head. Dead body. It's that the head that remains. we know. Except, here's the thing, though: is the body dead? Because the body can keep on living for quite a while afterwards. Because 
photosynthesis in its body. But it, it, like, it but, can keep living without the head. But for how quite does a while. it move around? Like, how does it, how, no brain to tell it to do things? So here's the thing. In a new paper, which was published in Current Biology in 2021, written by a team of scientists from the Nara, Nara, probably Nara, Women's University in Japan, mm-hmm. um, with lead author, doctoral student Sayaka Mito, they published findings that said that these sea slugs can purposefully detach their head from their body in order to regrow an entirely new body from their heads. They came up with this realization because um, they they had some particular... Okay, so they, they have confirmed that two types of species do this. Mm-hmm. Alicia marginata and Alicia atroviridis. Viridis? So not all sucking sacaglossa. No, but they've only really studied these two. So right, like right. maybe more, but even in those two species, not all of the individuals could do it. Okay. So it's, but, but the fact that even one animal was capable of doing it means that more animals are capable of doing it under the right conditions. So Mito, the lead author, um, came across this discovery when she looked into one of their tanks and found an Alicia marginata with its head and its body separated. Mm -hmm. So she of course thought, oh, that's so sad. probably going to die soon. But instead of dying, the wound at the back of the slug's head healed up and was replaced by the beginnings of an entirely new body. Oh my goodness. Yep. She said after a few days, the head started regenerating the body and I could see the beating of the heart. It was unbelievable. She said a new heart. It grew a new heart in a few days. Oh my goodness gracious. She said that they believe that this is the most extreme form of autonomy and regeneration in nature. Um, has she studied turbolaria though? Yes. 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 Because, okay, so after around three weeks, the slug had totally finished its body swapping stunt and had replaced the 80% of its body it had originally lost, including all of its vital organs mm-hmm. that it had been able to live with for so long. The brand new body was a perfect replica of the original. So like, is it a clone? We decay. And they found that the original body was doing reasonably well on its own. It was not regenerating a new head. You were right. This is an accurate statement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is perplexing. Yes. Because I don't understand it and I do not have the tools yeah, the the ed, the tools and education to really truly understand it, right? Um, which is fine. It's for what this is. Crittercast is not for experts, so we don't <laughs> need to be able to explain it to you. We can just provide you with the information and let it perturb you as well as us. <laughs> That's fine. I but I'm I'm offended only because I was pretty attached to our little flatworm friends um, for their nifty. As a reminder, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, or if you just need a refresher. When uh, when they are cut at any point along their body, both halves will regenerate yes. the missing half. So it is a form of asexual reproduction, essentially. Yes. Now, I don't believe I came across in any of that research the fact that they could detach body parts on their own. Right. As I, much I as- think that's 
that's the the distinction that Mito is making here mm-hmm. um in that it's not just regeneration but it's autonomic regeneration uh-huh. Uh-huh. right like intentionally done by the sea slug itself i guess yeah yeah <laughs> and I this guess. is not <laughs> they don't think that they're doing this as a form of reproduction they think they're doing this as a survival mechanism they don't know actually why the sea slugs might want to do this, but they think it might be as a way to get rid of an internal parasite in the body. Okay. An internal parasite or wild theory here, Mm -hmm. completely unsubstantiated because I have not read this paper. Yeah. I haven't either. It was behind a paywall. Bummer. And even when I tried to get into it from my university holdings. Yeah. I didn't have access to it's the pro- newest it's one. Too new and it's very new. Yeah. And there's like weird political stuff going on between universities and um mm. and different journal databases right now. Got it. Total well, thing. One one other wild speculation. Yes. Just speculate at me. Wild speculation. What if it also has something to do with their other weird fact? Like what if at some point, the chloroplasts that they've been essentially leaching and borrowing yeah. become ineffective, and then they want to grow a fresh body mm. so that they can absorb new chloroplasts. Sure. I Why mean, not? That makes could... totally as much sense to me. <laughs> right? You're like, I don't know. I Why not? <laughs> One day, someone will prove me wrong, I'm sure, because that's how science works. Well, they are pretty sure that it's it's that same point that you brought up that makes them able to do this because mm-hmm. they can survive off of that that right. photosynthesized without energy and without the food going mm-hmm. through their system and their body. Yeah, it's the still... body would die without new food, but it can photosynthesize. So will it though? Right. It's still just absolutely. It's because with turbolaria, it was one thing because we talked about how they really didn't have a central brain or a central right. nervous system. And that's kind of what made things po- they yes. had like a, a very simple brain, which yeah. is how it made things possible. But we're talking about evolved multicellular organisms here yes. that, that do indeed have a brain and a central nervous system and all the things that they're supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And yet half their body can survive for a, 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 a certain amount of time without access to all that like yeah. it's one thing it's one yeah. thing for their brain to like be powering the head though surviving without a heart is all, equally as yes why yep <laughs> it's fine it, is, it- <laughs> is it i don't know i there is so much so so much we don't know about like humans have this horrible, horrible habit of believing that just because we are top of the food chain, because of our ability to invent and advance with technology, mm-hmm. that we are somehow superior to all other species on this earth. Yes. And I'm not saying that I don't internally have this problem as well. I think all humans do, no matter, you know, whether you're, no matter how much respect you have for animals and how you choose to you know display that respect because being vegan doesn't make you more respectful or compassionate of animals so um, true than Thank someone you. that's not yes. but even even the best of the best of those people we all have a little bit of internal well humans are somehow superior because we are so much quote unquote smarter than yeah. other animals and, right. and more evolved but that's <laughs> that's on our scale 
<laughs> who's yes. to like we measure intelligence or our idea of intelligence literally by our own made up scale yes. and we had this this wonderful gift of a very large and advanced brain the ability to logic and reason and make tools and advance and like look what we did with it we created capitalism and started starving people like it's we didn't do a good oh, job oh so accurate we, like we didn't do a good job with what nature so gave true. us um yep. we did a very bad job so you're so right when we when we instead talk about these amazing animals that like they don't they don't abide by what we believe because they are not humans and they don't care we have <laughs> has no our judgment of them has no impact on their life or their evolutionary pathway right um it really just makes you think like just cuz we're top of the food chain i don't think we're up there on most intelligent species <laughs> like I'll just put it that way. I have a lot of respect for humans too. I love all animals and sure. that does include yes. humans. You don't have to be a human hater. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm a little bit of a, like a people hater. Like, I'm Oh, a that's bit different. Of a that's just because you're an introvert too. Yeah, yeah. but it's not, but it's I'm not a human hater. I think <laughs> humans can be really amazing and wonderful yes. too. But I just don't think that we are a superior species when you look at animals that can just grow a heart. Right? Yeah. Like it just, but, yeah. oh, I just I just woke up yep. one day and I just wanted a new body. So, so they they do go. think that they can't do this endlessly, though. They think that they they think that probably because of the amount of energy that it takes, it's mm-hmm. probably mostly the younger sea slugs that can do this, mm-hmm. and they probably can't do it more than twice because they probably just don't have. I mean, unless they get revived by uh, Russell Davies and then <laughs> all those rules go out the window, right? <laughs> and then suddenly they can do it 13 times. <laughs> they can do it however many times they want and they can break any rules that they That's previously right. set for they themselves. They sure can, except they can't suddenly become a doctor of color. Yes. Wow. Oh, wait, Maybe sorry. one day. Sea slugs. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That, 100% that makes sense. I mean, this... As amazing as it is, it's it's it would make sense for it to be like a one trick pony, you right? Know? Like for sure. Hey, look at this fun party trick. Okay, BRB. While it takes me, you know, weeks and right. an insane amounts of energy to regrow my mm-hmm. body now. Like, was it yeah. worth it? Was it? <laughs> like, right. Right. what did you gain from this new body? Maybe what, really like, just think it through first. Like, is it was it a way to extend your lifespan? Was your old body aging, and you wanted like I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that wouldn't that wouldn't go with their theory of only right. younger ones being able right. to do it. Right? Yeah, exactly. So it's so. it's like, yeah. Again, it's kind of like a vampire. You can't yeah. once you've gotten old, even for a vampire, you can't like blood suck your way into a younger body no you're you're stuck in that body yeah yeah um we we don't know how they do the regeneration but researchers do think it's probably something to do with stem cells uh as with turbolaria yep i mean and as with I think lots of regeneration like studies where it's the focus is there on stem cells Mm -hmm. because stem cells man so freaking cool I mean, they are really, so we're, what we're talking about today, sacaglossa, are basically the like multi-organism version of stem cells. Yes. Yeah. Think no, you're of how totally they can right. adapt and change and yes. steal other cell types and other processes and do mm-hmm. all that. 
a little, not quite as fully as a stem cell that'll just one day wake up and be, I'm gonna be a skin cell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But again, with stem cells, it's the kind of thing where they can't change multiple times. Once they've changed into something, they've changed into it. And that's it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's right. Just so, so, so much. Um, that's about all I have today because while I could have gone on and on and on and on and on and on and on, um, mm-hmm. I chose not to. I mean, I, I thank you for that because You're it's fascinating. More information is great, but this is a lot of information this is a lot to, to process, process. Yeah. for us and for our listeners. Yeah. So I do want, however, to leave you with, with one last thing about, um, the, the gift that Sacaglossa have brought to this world, which is mm-hmm. that the Odiusologist, which is a, um, a website from the UK, mm-hmm. um, has a poem <laughs> called Sacaglossin, the solar powered sap sucking sea slug. I'm not going to read you the whole thing. I'm just going to read the intro. This poem is about Sacaglossin sea slugs, which include slugs and shellless sea snails. They eat algae and do something almost no other animal can. Most live in central Pacific Ocean. Others live in tropical and temperate oceans around the world. If little Bo Peep had lost leaf sheep, she'd go cross-eyed trying to find them because they often look so much like what is right behind them. Uh-huh. Leaf sheep are slugs with fleece that's green. A cuter slug you've never seen. It's from the sea, a gastropod of the solar-powered sea slug squad. It's adorable. Go check it out. It's super, super cute. We'll put a link to it. Absolutely. We'll have to for sure. Mm-hmm. That's too cute. Gotta it's love very it. cute. What a gift of poetry to this world they have gifted us. That's just crazy. Right? Mind is blown. Ah, I'm so glad. Have you I, ever wanted to touch a sea slug? Yes. Are, do you imagine that they are soft and silky yes. Yes. or slimy? I, I don't think they're slimy because they're in the water. Yeah. Um, I think Most they're probably... out of the water are kind of that like soft, silky consistency. Yeah. I, I wonder if they're more um, like velvety in the water where you can mm-hmm. feel like the texture a little bit mm-hmm. more. I don't know. I do know that a lot of aquariums have them. Some of my information today, we always put our sources up in our um, show notes. But one one of my sources today is the Chesapeake Bay Program. Okay. (laughs) Okay. There you go. Um, And I believe that they have have some that are on display. Um, And you can find them on display in all sorts of other like zoos and aquariums and things. Mm -hmm. But I I think they're probably too small and probably too fragile. Well, yeah. At at one and a half inches, you can't really, you know. I know, but I want to. Even the smallest pinky finger would probably cover the whole. I would be very gentle. I would ask for consent. Right, right, right. I just, I know, like, I try not to touch regular like land slugs because a they're very sensitive to the salt content in human sweat You're and right. b they're not that pleasant to touch like a couple <laughs> of times i've had to touch them it's just like that's not really what i was going for like <laughs> and they sneak up on you for like a slow moving like they they really do one time i found a slug just on my bath mat in my bathroom and i have no idea how to made it all the way into Gills. my home onto like, I don't think it came up from a drain. That would be gross. Um, and it just it was probably like, was on one of your dog's feet and came in that way. I mean, way. it was a pretty big slug. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Either way, I was very startled to go, <laughs> like, to turn on the light in my bathroom and just be like, Whoop. 
that's a slug and it's a big slug. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't think they're gross, but. Fun to come share your home with you. Yeah. They have an, uh, they get an unfair rap because I think people are they just do. grossed out by the name and the trail of slime they leave behind. But and I think. Irritated by snail, the way that they sometimes decimate gardens. This is accurate. Mm-hmm. I, I love snails, but I don't love what they're doing to my bougainvillea. Yes. I don't love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, see, I always think that when you see like a shiny trail of snail or slug, like goop they're like they fairies behind, it's pretty. Like fairy it's like sparkles on the ground. It doesn't yeah. stick around forever. And you can kind of see like, why did they travel that way? Why did that one go in a little loop-de-loop? It's so cute. <laughs> like it's, I don't know. I'll never, like. I think they're cool. I just think they're very cool animals. Me too. And that is lots of fun facts for today's episode. Thank you, Cassie, for guiding us through this very, very scientific, a little bit technical, but fascinating critter and um, an episode today. Lots of fun. If you here at home are listening to this episode and thinking, wow, these ladies are pretty cool. I wonder what other animals they've talked about. If this is your first time listening, uh, check us out. If it turns out wherever you're listening to the podcast right now, you could probably find all of our other episodes. There. <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? Um, but we are on all the major podcast hosting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcatcher, all those fun things. Um, as well as on our own website, CritterCastPodcast.com, where you can find all of our episodes, including our notes and sources, all linked, all that fun stuff. Also on our website, you can check out our Patreon page if you're so interested. Our Patreon is a little bit inactive right now as we kind of find our new normal over there. But there are some gems of some fun episodes from the past all about our favorite mythical animals that you can check out. And some behind the scenes and just like a peek into our creative process if you'd like to help fund our show, you fund equipment upgrades, um, educational visits and field trips, as well as helping us donate to causes that we talk about on the show that we are supportive of. Um, if you would like to do that, you are welcome to do that. You could also check out our red bubble shop. If you would like that's linked on our website. Uh, lots of, lots of cool stuff we it's due for an upgrade that's for certain but there are some really fun good stuff on there still um and and check out all that lovely stuff but if you're feeling like "Mm, that's a bit of a commitment but i would like to see you guys pop up regularly as i scroll through my phone then be sure to follow us on our all of our social media channels so you can find us on instagram at crittercast podcast on facebook at crittercast and on twitter at cast critter Stay tuned as we maybe, maybe creep into the world of TikTok. We'll see. I don't know. TikTok's a beast. We, you know, we'll see. Um, We do have a YouTube channel as well with slightly longer videos, and that's CritterCast that you are welcome to check out as well. So many places to find us. I know. We're all over the place. So much content to absorb. It's a lot. We're stalking you. (laughs) We've been around (laughs) for over two years now. Yes, and we'd like to be part of your algorithm. Yes. So, you know, we're we're here. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, we release episodes bi-weekly every other Tuesday. And fun fact, before we let you go today, the next episode that you'll hear, episode 66, uh, will feature a guest host from a really awesome podcast all about more cool animals, Ooh. specifically about ladybugs or ladybirds, as she calls them, because so that's what, apparently what they're called in other parts of the world. 
interesting. Um, the more so you know. We're going to let Rachel tell you all about her show. Insert here. If she, I think she sent me something. We'll see. And if not, I can always just edit that part out because we'll just see. Perfect. Okay. So I hope you guys enjoyed that little sneak peek and you'll get to hear more from Rachel about her show and about a cool animal of our choosing on the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. Go check out Rachel's show. Hen Wings and Bloodlust is such a fun podcast. I learned so much and they talk about all sorts of really cool things like taxonomy what the heck which is one of our <laughs> favorite themes it's our so. fake sub it's our fake sub podcast <laughs> where if we had the energy to make a second podcast it would probably be that <laughs> yes if we ever rebranded that would be our title exactly <laughs> oh thank you so much listener for joining us today we love our listeners y'all are amazing you are the butter to our bread you are the chocolate syrup to our ice cream sundaes, non-dairy for me. Thank you. Um, Karina, how much do we love our listeners? We love them so much because our listeners are the kind of people that recognize and understand that sometimes humans are the worst and that's okay. <laughs> And that's okay. Um, yes, I need that on a bumper sticker ASAP. <laughs> Will do. But from us here at CritterCast, that's going to be it today. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. This is the CritterCast podcast.